If you would turn to Matthew chapter 9, and uh, verse number 13, while you're turning there, I'm going to read some other scripture. Uh, also, Matthew chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye have known what this meant, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. And then in chapter 23, verse 23, he said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay with tithes and mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weighter of the matter of the law. Judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you have done and not leave the other undone. Matthew chapter 9, verse number 13. It says, But go ye and learn what meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord. We just ask you to open our hearts and minds. Be with us tonight, Lord. Lord, empty me of self and fill me with thy spirit. Bless each one here today. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. In these three chapters, uh, Jesus is speaking to the same people, the same stiff-necked crowd. He tells them the same thing in each one. He reproves, he rebukes the Pharisees for their lack of that five little letter word and he rebukes them for not having uh, for the, having the lack of mercy in their life. Let me say that if you think the Pharisees are, are died out in Jesus' days, then you're sorely mistaken. They're alive and well on planet earth today. They're still here today. Uh, I have ran into a few of them and I'm assuming that you may have ran in a few of the Pharisees. What is a Pharisee? A Pharisee would be described as one that shows a lot of mercy on their own fault and their own sins, but show little or none on anyone else that has the same faults and the same sins that they themselves have. And let me just say this. We all have played the role of the Pharisee at one time or another. Amen. Don't sit there and say, no, I have. we've all played that role. We've all done the same thing. We all have said, hey, uh, my sin is not greater than your sin. It may be the same thing. We all play that role. I'm glad that I, I serve a God tonight that's not like the Pharisees. Amen. I'm glad tonight that I serve a God that's not even like me. Amen. Aren't you glad God is not like you? I'm glad I serve a God that's like this. His ways are higher than my ways, and, and He is God and supreme and, and sovereign and holy of mercy tonight, and I am thank God for that. There's nothing like getting a good taste of the mercy of God in your life. His mercy is amazing. It is inexhaustible, inexpendable. His mercy is inexhaustible. Thank God for His mercy. We, I like the words and, and read and study the words. And, and I, I looked at grace and, and mercy. Mercy is, a, a grace is what we've always said. I've always said it at uh, 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 God's riches is at Christ's expense or uh, uh, grace is the unmerited favor of God. Grace is simply God giving you something that you do not deserve, giving you something that you do not earn, 
or could have. Now, mercy is totally opposite from the grace. Amen. Uh, mercy is totally opposite. Mercy is, uh, is God withholding something from you that you deserve tonight. Mercy is God uh, withholding his wrath, withholding his uh, justice, withholding his anger, and giving you something that you did not deserve. Mercy is God not giving you what you really deserve, and that's hell tonight. Merriam's Webster Dictionary, I, I looked the word mercy up. It says that benevolent mildness and tenderness of heart which disposes a person to overlook injuries or to would treat an offender better than he deserves. The disposition that tempers justice and induces an injured person to forgive his trespasses and injuries and forbear punishments or inflict less than the law of justice will warrant. In this sense, he said, there is perhaps no word in our language precisely synonymous with mercy. That's which comes nearest that is grace, it said. It simply implies tenderness and mildness and a compassion, but it exercises only toward the offender. Mercy is not discussing uh, distinguishing attitudes of a supreme being. Mercy tonight. I, I read this story, and I love finding stories to kind of go along with some of the things I want to preach about. And I read this story about a woman, and, and she had a, uh, gotten a, a gentleman to do her portrait that she wanted to hang in her uh, dining room, that great big portrait. You've seen in the old times, they have a great big portrait of themselves. She, she uh, uh, hired this uh, painter to uh, paint her portrait, and uh, he comes over and for painstaking days, and, and she's sitting there for this portrait, and days after days and hours after hours, he's painting this picture, and, and finally the day comes that he, he's going to unveil it to her, and she's excited. She's wanting to see what her portraits look like, and, and he, he unveils it, and she looks at that picture and said, man, that does not do me justice. And the painter just kind of looked at her and says, man, with that face, I didn't figure you need justice. You needed mercy. We all, hey, we're all here faced with our, our guilt and our sins. We don't need justice. We need mercy, amen. We all sin here. Our, we need mercy from God. We see God, uh, Jesus quotes uh, the same Old Testament passage twice in the Bible. He said, Jesus said, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. In Matthew 12, he said, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Listen, when Jesus says something once, you ought to get a hold of it. But when he says something twice, you ought to sit up and take notice that. You ought to say, hey, uh, he's about to lower the boom on me. He's about to tell me something I really need to hold here of it. And that's what he's saying. He tells these same people, these same Pharisees, uh, these people that lack the mercy in their life to give mercy. He says, you need to get a hold of this. And if you study the, the Old Testament passage that Jesus is uh, quoting here, uh, he intentionally misquotes that and if you study that in Hosea chapter 6 in Hosea chapter 6 verse 6 it is Jehovah speaking to his people of Israel and it said for I desire mercy and not sacrifice 
is Jehovah speaking. He said, it is my desire for my people to show mercy like I want mercy shown. If you want to give mercy out in a sovereign, holy God way, then you've got to obviously know something about God. But what God said, nobody obviously answered the bell. Nobody could show the mercy that God wanted us to show tonight. David, uh, the psalm writer, the sweet psalmist of Israel, and is after God's own heart, could not show the mercy that God desired for us to show. Solomon, with all his wisdom and all that he had, could not strengthen up or get enough to show the mercy that God desires for us to show. Uh, Samson, with all the strength that Samson had, Samson could not muster up the strength to show the mercy that God would like for us to show tonight. I've never met anybody that can demonstrate mercy like Jesus. Or display mercy like Jesus. I mean, a man that would let him hang him on the cross and died and, and spit on him and pulled his hair from his beard, plucked his beard and, and cursed at him. And being innocent of all these things and yet he never said a word. He never said anything and died. And then they put him in the tomb. And on the third day he rose again. And yet, while on the cross, he exhibited mercy when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I've never seen anybody in this world, and I've never met anybody that shows mercy like Jesus Christ. So I'm going to preach on this thought just for a little bit tonight. Mercy, mercy, mercy. I want to show you three times in the passage that I've just read that Jesus shows mercy. And if he shows mercy within, then I know that he'll show mercy on us tonight. There's nobody that God cannot have mercy on. There's no sinner so far gone that God cannot have mercy on. There's no one that's drifted away so far that God cannot have mercy on. God can show mercy. Look at Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 9 here. He said, and Jesus passed forth from thence and he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of the customs and he said unto him follow me he arose and followed him and it came to pass as Jesus said at meet at the house behold many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples now here goes the Pharisees they're doing what they do best and when the Pharisees, they saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that would be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what thou meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners who repentance. Jesus sows mercy on sinners here. This man is a tax collector. It's Matthew. He said uh, he's an IRS agent. Nobody likes them. Nobody wants them coming to their doors. If Jesus can have mercy on them, then let's say, Jesus, we can have mercy on ourselves. Jesus said, follow me. And Jesus set down the pumpkin's house, and many of publics and sinners sat down with him, and Pharisees found fault. They'll find fault. Let me just say this. There are Pharisees sitting in churches today that 
find fault with everything you can do. When the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Disciples, why eateth your master here? He said, why are you doing this? There are two groups that the Pharisees do not like. They accuse the Lord of having mercy on them. One of them is, is this crowd called the publicans. Now, I, I don't identify with them. I don't know a whole lot about them, but I do know they're the ones uh, that went to work. There were Jews that went work to work with the Romans, and they took taxes from their own people. They were despised. They were hated among their own people. They were not liked uh, by them. Now, I cannot identify with them because I'm not a tax collector. I never have been. Then the other group that he uh, has showed mercy on, uh, I, I can identify with. And I imagine you can identify with them too. He, he, he said, I, yeah, I show mercy on sinners. Let me just say this. You get up in the morning after about seven miles of good hard sleep and you walk, you're staggered to your bathroom, you look in that mirror, your hair's all cocked up on one side and you got them eye boogers in your eyes and, and drool running down your light, uh, cheeks like that, your makeup smeared off it. You take a good look in the mirror because you know what you're looking at? A sinner. A sinner. Oh, I, I'm not a sinner. Oh, I'm, Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. I, I can identify with the sinners because I am one. Amen. I'm you say, well, I'm an upstanding person. I know a lot of people upstanding. They've done much for the community. They've helped out. Yes, you were uh, born a sinner, to with sinner, and without God, you're going to die a sinner and go where all sinners go. Amen, and that's hell. You, you know, you can never find in the Bible where Jesus ever shows mercy on a Pharisee. The only time it ever came close of Jesus showing mercy on a Pharisee was Nicodemus. Nicodemus came by night, asked him the question, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus said, you must be born again. I imagine he's going, what in the world is this man talking about? I must be born again. And Jesus says, you don't understand. You got to be born of the Spirit. And nowhere in the Bible you read where Nicodemus got saved. Nowhere, I know he was at the tomb, but, uh, but nowhere in the Bible you read that he, he was converted, that he got right with God. I know he didn't get right with God when he left him that night, but it, nowhere that says that's the only time that's ever been close to Jesus showing mercy on a Pharisee. You know why he cannot show mercy on a Pharisee? Because they think they're all right. They think they're good. They think because they go to church, they're some part of religious act. Activity. They tied, they fast, they say, hey, I'm doing all the things right. I'm not wrong. You must be wrong. There's a lot of people like that today. Well, I go to church and I tied. Good. Good. I, I was baptized. Good. Good. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can be baptized from here to California. Every tadpole knows your social security number and it's still wound up in hell. Jesus had, had, had compassion. He had mercy on the sinners. The Bible says our rags, righteousness is but as filthy rags before the eyes of God. My goodness cannot measure up. We fall short of the glory of God. The only thing that measures up to God's standards is His own Son, Jesus Christ. 
And the only way that you and I could ever enter into heaven, it's not by my goodness, it's not by my righteousness, it's not by what I've done, it's what Jesus Christ has done for me. He died upon the cross and he took his righteousness and he robed me in his righteousness. Now God looks at me, he doesn't see me, he doesn't see my filth, he doesn't see my sin. He sees his own son because he's born inside of me. I'm born again, he sees me. God has mercy on sinners tonight. And let me just say, you haven't gone so far that God cannot have mercy on you tonight. Not only does God have mercy on sinners, but God has mercy on saints. Amen. Amen. Some of us might think, well, uh, I've done done so much. Uh, I've drifted away from God. God ain't got time for me no more. I, I, I just might as well just quit. Tell them, just say, God still has mercy on saints too. Amen. Ain't you glad God has mercy on saints? Let me just say this. I know that y'all are a whole lot more spiritual than I ever was. I've done things since I've been saved that I regret and hate to look back at. And if I dwell on those things that I've done since I've been saved, I would say, well, Lord... You ain't got time for me. I'm nothing but a filthy old rotten sinner. But thank God there is mercy. Thank God mercy is there for me. Thank God no matter where I've done, no matter where I've been, God, God still shows mercy in our lives today. Even the saints of God, he shows mercy. I, I'm so glad the day that I came to know him, I was guilty of sin on my way to hell but I realized who I was and what I was. And he came in. And like I said, I haven't been the perfect person. And by all means, I ain't going to be perfect till that day that I see him face to face. Amen. Mercy. God will have mercy on those, the sinners in this world. Matthew 12. God have mercy on sinners. In Matthew 12, verse number 1. And at that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through, through the corn, and his disciples were hungry and began to pick, pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But here are those guys again. They, you know, have you ever read in the Bible, wherever Jesus are, that's where the Pharisees are at. You think they hung out with them long enough, they'd have got a little good taste of that mercy that he was showing and said, hey, I need some of that. But no. When you think you are all right, when you think your world is right, you'll never see yourself as God sees you. Until you see, oh my goodness, until you see yourself as God sees you, you'll never ask for mercy. Those guys, but when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. And then Jesus goes in the story about David and all that in verse 6. But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But ye have heard, you have known that this, many, that this what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. You would have condemned the guiltless. What? You would not have condemned the guiltless? I have a problem with that. 
I have a problem with that. According to the strict letter of the law, was these disciples breaking the law? Yes, they were. They were breaking the law. It was unlawful for them to do anything on the Sabbath. You're supposed to get your food the day before so you didn't go outside your house on the Sabbath. In fact, in Numbers, we read about a man that was just picking up sticks. He was not building a fire. He was not building a home. He wasn't doing nothing but just picking up sticks. And they brought him out and they took him captive. And they brought him away and they took to Moses. And Moses, what should we do with this man? And God says, he must die. But wait a minute. This is the Sabbath. And they're picking corn. And it's not even their corn. They're stealing. They're guilty. But Jesus said, I love this. Ye would have not condemned the guiltless. How in the world? In this one place, Jesus said, there's one greater in this temple. He says, there's one here that's going to teach you something about mercy. He called them. He said, you would have known about my mercy if you would have condemned, have not condemned the guiltless. But they are guilty. They're not guiltless. But in the eyes of Jesus, but in the eyes of the world, they're guilty. But in the eyes of Jesus, they're not guilty. Can I say in the eyes of the world today, you're guilty? In the eyes of the world, you're at fault? But thank God, in the eyes of Jesus, I'm not guilty. I'm not guilty. I might have been an old wretched person. I might have been an old sinner, but I am not guilty now. Listen, you're not going to heaven because you're good. You're not going to heaven because you're such a saint. You're not going to heaven because you tied. That's good. You should. You're not going to heaven because you come to church. That's good. You should. You're not going to heaven because you got baptized. That's good. You should. But let me tell you, you're going to heaven because what Jesus Christ did for you at the cross of Calvary on the third day it rose. He said it's finished. Amen. Amen. I'm no longer guilty of my sins because he washed my sins away. He said the guiltless, if you'd have known, if you'd shown mercy, let me just say we ought to start showing mercy until we see ourselves as God sees us. We're always going to put our fingers at somebody else. There's none of us in here guiltless. None of us. I'm not guiltless. You're not guiltless. We're all guilty of sin. We're all guilty of backing away from God. We're all guilty of running away from God. We're all guilty of not doing what God wants us to do. But in the eyes of God, you're guiltless. And it's not because of what you've done. It's not because of what I've done. It's all because of what Jesus Christ done. Isn't that good? Isn't that something you ought to just sit and chew on for a while and just cut on that? You know what? If I got what I deserve, if God gave me what I deserve, I'll be in hell. 
without God, broke back, and no way, no help, no, no short. I couldn't do nothing about it. But let me just say, because of God's mercy, I've been set free. Because of God's mercy, I don't have to look back. Because God's mercy hung on the cross for you and I. He showed mercy on those. You say, well, I, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done. I've left God so bad. I've left my family down. I've let the church down. And God wouldn't want me back. But there's enough mercy from God to go around for every one of us. God shows mercy on those that are guiltless. Matthew 23 and 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you paid tithes, mint, anise, cumin, and have omitted the weightier of the matter, the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you have done and not leave the other undone. I believe you ought to tithe. I believe you ought to tithe. In fact, I believe if you don't tithe, you're robbing God. I believe that. And, and if I believe that you don't tithe, you're robbing God, then you'll probably rob me. Because if you rob God, you'll rob anybody. I, I believe you ought to give. I believe God says, hey, they're paying their tithes. Jesus said, the weightier the matter of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. The Lord desires for us is the mercy that he has shown and given to us. We ought to turn around and show it. To other people. According to Webster's, mercy is only shown to offenders. Don't forget we were offenders of the law. Mercy was shown to us. You have not even begun to show mercy, and this is going to hurt a lot of you, until you show mercy on someone who has a Offended you. Amen. 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 Think about that for a minute. I don't want that to go over your head. You have not begun to show mercy until you show mercy to someone who has offended you. You don't know what they said about me. Show mercy. You don't know what they've done to me. Show mercy. There have been a lot of people walked out of this church. If I could, I'd show mercy. I'd show mercy because I'm commanded to. You have not begun to show mercy until you show mercy on someone that has offended you. And let me just say that that is not an easy thing to do. That's not easy to do. 
And that's what he's saying. I, I desire to have mercy, and I want you to have mercy like I give you mercy. That I want you to turn around, and that mercy that I've shown you, uh, you no longer have to go to hell. You know how to suffer from your sins. I want you to show that mercy to everybody you come in contact with. I want my mercy to be coming through you to them. That's what he's trying to tell us. You say, well, I show mercy. A lot. <laughs> Here again, I'm going to hurt some people. We pick and choose the people we want to show mercy to. Am I right? <laughs> Come on, Alice. <laughs> I'm getting right down to where the rubber meets the road. We only show mercy to those we choose to show mercy to. Those that really offend us, we don't want to go there and say, hey, I, I want to show you mercy. But let me say, somebody that you know you want to show mercy, you'll give them mercy. When somebody's done you wrong, when somebody said something about you, and you show mercy to that person, God says, that's what I want. The mercy to flow through you to someone else. Let me ask you this question. We think we are merciful. Have you shown mercy to someone who's done you wrong? Someone who's backstabbed you, someone who's talked about you, someone's slandered you, someone has drugged you through the mud. You say, well, that ain't right. Why should I have to show somebody mercy like that? Jesus showed mercy on you. Amen. The suffering he did at the cross of Calvary for you and I, that's the ultimate show of mercy. Now, all God is asking you and I, what I've shown you when I've given you, I want you to give it to other people. And wouldn't this, I'm going to close wouldn't this world be a better place if everybody just showed mercy? Amen. And if everybody starts showing mercy, and I don't care where you're from, I don't care what country you come from, I don't care what color your skin is, until we learn to show mercy like God wants us to show mercy, we're going to have the chaos we have. Amen. Well, I don't like that group. That group don't like me. I don't like them. You've got to show mercy. You've got to show mercy. Why? Because Jesus Christ showed mercy for you and I. And if he can show mercy for a rotten sinner as me and you, then we certainly can show mercy to somebody who just might have hurt our feelings. You know that's all they're going to hurt, your feelings? And a lot, <laughs> I don't want to get into this, but I'll say it right quick. The more you dwell on what somebody said to you, the bigger it grows. Like planting a seed. The more water you throw on it, the higher it gets. If you don't throw water on it, it's gonna ain't gonna do nothing. But if you dwell on what somebody said or somebody's done to you, the bigger it's gonna grow in your life, and it's gonna harder to show mercy to that person. Amen. God is asking us, show mercy. Show mercy. Church, we need to show mercy. We need to show mercy. How in the world can you get people to come to church if you don't show mercy? You've got to be loved to God, and God has got to be loved to you. You've got to show mercy.